Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Say what needs to be said. Say what needs to be said. It's your big dog, your host, Asante, Mr. Pick Six Sam. Got to do this thing by myself. You know what I mean? Y'all have a good time with me today. I'm here on New Year's. I hope everyone had a, a loving and thankful and happy New Year's. I think, hope everyone enjoyed themselves. And in the future, moving on, 2024, I hope everyone have a prosperous, loving, fulfilled, with nothing but joy, happiness, and and all the desires of your heart coming in 2024. So salute to everybody tuning in and, um, you know, 2024, here we come. You know what I mean? Week 17, man, week 17, week 17. We are starting off with the wildest game of the week. If the referees didn't screw so many calls up, you know, telling how this game would have panned out, who would have won this game? Cowboys versus the Lions. Now in the first half, it was all C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb went crazy. And Dallas defense, Dallas defense showed up good. But the pressure of the front seven from Dallas made life hard for the Lions offense and Jared Goff. That first half, that first half would have been a totally different first half if linebacker Derek Barnes makes the sack for a potential safety. Everybody's seen that, man. I don't know how he missed it. But that escaped and hit C.D. for a 90-yard touchdown. Amazing play, amazing play. And that was a crucial change of events that played a huge part in the momentum for Dallas, right? But I think Dallas defense is better than Detroit's defense overall, with Dallas secondary being the defense. That's what I think. They, they, they match up pretty good on the defense, but Dallas defense and the secondary is the difference. That's what, that's what the difference is for Detroit and um, Dallas. But Dallas has the number one offense. But just because you're the number one offense in the NFL doesn't mean you will be the number one offense every week. And the number one offense needs to play number one caliber, number one offense caliber football when the game is on the line. It's that simple. And that's what, you know, Dallas, that's what will determine the Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl chance. Situational football. But that made some really impressive throws, I thought. He really, really, he really was impressed, right? You know, third down and 10, like I spoke, I spoke, I spoke about earlier, that stood in that pocket and delivered a strike to CD Lamb. And it was linebacker streaming down the middle by second, get that safety. And that was that was really impressive. He stood in there, he stood in there. And then it was third down and five. He threw a nice fade route to Brandon Cook. And I think it was in the third quarter. That was really impressive, too. They made a, a good throw and catch play, right? That proves he can get the job done, but how consistent will he be able to do it? And will he continue to make these plays at the right time for Dallas is my question, right? Now, Saturday, he made those plays. He did just that. But for the love of football, I don't understand why teams think passing is the receipt to winning. When the world saw us, the Patriots, win multiple Super Bowls with a run first offense why do people think passing the ball on in the nfl is the key to success i just don't understand that right now for for dallas towards the end of the game game is on the line 
Why was the defense playing so soft on the last drive? Why? Anybody tell me. Why was the defense playing so soft? When your team has lead, I'm telling you as a corner, you can play soft after the kickoff up to the round of 40 to 50. Then it's time to tighten up. You can't continue just play soft, soft, soft. You got to end up making a play or they will, you're gonna, they're going to come down and score, right? Dallas secondary never tightened up. They failed at playing good situational football on defense at the end of the game, towards the end of the game. Everybody saw it. They had a chance to end the game without it being questioned, right? Now, for the Lions, the Lions offense needs to clean up their red zone mistakes or maybe just call better calls in the red zone. On the last red zone attempt for Detroit, the offense ran two out routes in the same series of downs. Now, one was successful and the other was incomplete on third down. And ironically, an out route cost them the game with it being intercepted by safety, uh, Donovan Wilson. But the last series, with no timeouts, Jared Goff made the plays to win the game. But we all seen it. We all know the refs had other ideas or other agendas. We don't know what that was all about. We're going to hear. We're going to see. And it's going to come out more and more and more. Right? But on the other hand, what is up with Dan Campbell? Dan Campbell, what's going on? Dan Campbell can't think he can just gamble his way through the NFL. It won't end well for him. Gambling is, is not a winning success, period. So that's what he seems like he's doing. A lot of coaches is doing that, you know what I mean? But they have a lot of bright spots. And the bright spot for them, the winner, the overall team, the success they're having. But this rookie running back, man, Gibbs, Jamari Gibbs, he is going to be a very special player in the future bearing injury and all that stuff he is a total package a total package at running back yeah he's a little on the smaller side but he is very explosive shifting he he gonna he can make anybody miss in in a very small space he reminds me of LaShawn McCourt when Sean with with with, with more explosiveness and speed that's what he reminds me of and he a dog too right but when they start to, to build that offense around him and, and feature him more in the offense Man, expect some crazy numbers from Gibbs in the future. So that's a bright spot for uh, for the Lions right there, man. We're going to see what they're going to do. But the refs, man, the refs, man, the refs totally destroyed this game. There were just so many missed calls that that determined the outcome of the game that, that were very crucial, man. And what do y'all think? What do y'all think? What do y'all think was going on in that game between the refs? Do you think it was home field advantage at its best or – or we can't say that because both sides was missed, had missed calls on both sides. You know what I mean? But home, home field advantage is a real thing, if you don't know. Home field advantage. Let me know in the chat. Tell me what y'all think, man, because that was that was very, very, very blatant. And, wow, it seemed like, like the refs had a had a tunnel vision, one focus. You know what I mean? And the ref, the head ref was, was Brad Allen. He was the head ref for that officiating crew that night. We seen Brad Allen. He stood on business. Whatever call he made, he stood on that thing. But now it's consequences. Like I said, I always told y'all, referees, they have to be graded. They're graded after the games and and they have someone to answer to. Now they're being demoted. If you can't referee in the playoffs as a referee, that's a big deal. That's a big thing. That's that's extra money. That's extra income. Now you're being demoted and 
and unable to officiate in playoff games. Just what a disaster, man. They gotta they gotta fix that because that that messed up the game. Both sides. We don't know who would have won. You know what I mean? Now, Ravens versus Dolphins, the game everybody was waiting to see. Waiting to see how this thing was gonna pan out. Why? Mr. One, two, three. Can y'all guess who Mr. One, two, three is? I bet y'all can't guess, Mr. One, two, three. But tendencies, tendencies and who you are will always come to light. And Mr. One, two, three is my new name for Tua Tonga Valor. When the play isn't perfect and Tua needs to adjust or compensate for good coverage or something like that, the Dolphins become automatically a mediocre team, a very average team when, when Tua Tonga Valor has to create and try to be something that he's really not, right? And this year, listen to me, this year will be his best year ever. This will be the best year ever for Tua Tonga, um, Tua Tonga Valor, right? He will never play to this level again because teams will, will get what they need to stop them after experiencing this year and all this supposed to have been a quick pass, right? He can prove me wrong. I, I, I love for everybody to pre prove me wrong when I'm a critic, but I'm standing on I'm standing on this. I'm standing on business. I I think this is going to be his best year of his career ever. And yeah, he's pretty much hit the ceiling. And Mike McDaniel's Mike McDaniel's he is solely responsible for Tua's success. I don't think it's another coach that can make Tua play to the level he has played at this year. Besides besides Mike McDaniel's, there is no one else. Trust me, no one else. Mike McDaniels is doing a hell of a job with Tua Tungvalu. We've seen him with a previous coach, and Mike built a great team, speed, talent, everything he needs to be successful. It's all up to Tua now. I had a, a debate with my uh, my brother about who fought it, and I had to explain to him, man, it's not Tua, I mean, not Mike McDaniels' fault. Tua Tungvalu got to step up, right? But now, in the future, the Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins have will have a big decision whether or not to keep Tua Tonga Valor on the team for years to come, right? If they want to win the Super Bowl, if they want to get to the big game and win that Super Bowl, Tua Tonga Valor is not the guy. He's a nice guy. Everybody want him to see, succeed. I want him to succeed. But an apple is an apple. A spade is a spade. And I don't see Tua Tonga Valor being that guy. And we hear about Tua, you know, um, taking jiu-jitsu classes, and, and that's cool and all. But I'm, in my opinion, I think Tua needs to concentrate on flexibility and speed in off-season off because he is barely able to escape 300-pound-plus defenders when they're chasing him. The fifth, when he got to make a play, it's very hard for him to escape. If y'all not watching, y'all not watching closely. You got to pay attention to those small things, and that's not good because the older you get in the NFL, the slower you get, the weaker you get. So that's not a good sign at this point. Now, Mr. Allen Iverson of the NFL, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, like I said before, he is the Allen Iverson of the NFL. And sometimes he is just unstoppable, and that's most of the time. Now, Richard Sherman, Richard Sherman, step to the front of the table. Richard Sherman, recently argued that Lamar Jackson 
isn't an MVP candidate, isn't a top MVP candidate, basically because his numbers aren't leading in all the top categories for quarterbacks. And the defense is the difference maker in both Baltimore. I think he said uh, Lamar Jackson would be the first MVP quarterback with less than 30 touchdowns passed, right? I totally disagree with his entire debate. It's no doubt that Lamar Jackson is the MVP regardless if his numbers are not in the top categories. People are trying to water down accolades and forget what these accolades are actually meant for. The most valuable player is the most important player on the best team, on one of the best teams in the NFL. And Lamar Jackson has proven that, blatantly proved, proved that. I mean, he beat the mess out of uh, uh, Dolphins. He beat the mess out of the 49ers. What do you want him to do? I, he's trying to, to control the narrative and say the defense is, is the cause of all that. No, it is Mr. Allen Iverson, Mark Jackson, is, is getting it done. He is dynamic. He is awesome, right? Now, if Richard Sherman, he can't see that and understand that Lamar Jackson is MVP because his numbers aren't considered elite, I guess is what he's saying. Richard, you are reaching, my brother. This is, this is a big reach. I understand you saying the numbers, but it ain't about numbers. It's about winning and losing for the quarterback. You got to understand that. He's leading his team. He's making dynamic plays. I don't understand. This is kind of like that uh, Cam Newton debate. You understand what I'm saying? Right? But that's why you hear me preach about greatness. Because man will destroy anything. It seems like greatness is being challenged right now. And I don't like that. Because greatness needs to be held to the highest standard. People, you don't just throw greatness around like that, man. And, and, and accolades and, 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 and try to uh, discredit people when it's it's right there blatantly in our face, right? So, you know, shout out to Lamar Jackson, man, South Florida kid doing his thing, man. Oh, man, he is dynamic. He's being himself. He's doing it his way. Man, that's how we are. That we built. We built different down here, man. So salute to the South Florida young man. Now let's go to the Chiefs versus Bengals. Y'all ain't seen. Y'all haven't been following me. You should know what's going on with the Chiefs. You should know. You should know. But Andy Reid, let me tell you, I haven't seen a coach with a better 15-play script to start a game with Andy Reid, right? But, like I said, inconsistency, inconsistency and bad football, meaning on the defense, meaning missed plays results in big plays, mistakes, bad communication. That's the problem on defense. They played well, but they can't afford these big plays moving forward in Kansas City, right? That will be the downfall of the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Defense made a real nice stop, a real nice stance on fourth down, right? That was that was good. That was really, really impressive. But too many big plays, right? Too many big plays. And, put, and pitching a shutout in the second half was really good. But let's be honest. The team that they were playing didn't have their starting quarterback. And they're the 31st ranked team defense in the NFL. So, I mean, they got the win. They clinched the division. But they got to improve on these mistakes. Or it's going to cost them in the playoffs. Can't, do you expect in Kansas City to go to the playoffs and, and succeed and potentially go to the Super Bowl? They have to get better. If they don't get better, man, these things will catch up with them. Now, Eagles versus Cardinals. Wow. What has happened to the Philadelphia Eagles, right? And it's simple. 
what, have, what has happened to the Philadelphia Eagles? It's time to reinvent the wheel. The Nick Sirianna's magic with the Eagles no longer exists. Their identity is no longer what we known it to be. So who are they? They got to recreate this identity, whether it's going to be physical football, whether it's going to be Jalen Hurts passing the ball, running the ball. Let's create, recreate this identity and get it going, right? Who are we? The offensive play call has been very, very questionable. Very, very questionable. Or is it just Jalen Hurts? Does it make them look as good as he used to anymore? Is that what it is? And now Brian Johnson is forced to be very creative and try to figure things out because maybe it was Jalen Hurts. Maybe it was Jalen Hurts the whole time. You know what I mean? So now he has to be creative. Testing, testing. Y'all hear me tight? Yeah, y'all hear me. Everybody hear me? We're good. Test, test, type that. Yeah, y'all hear me. You good. One second, one second. You can hear me? You on now? Speak on that real quick. You guys can't hit me in the head for me. Yeah, I was rolling. Yeah, pause. Go go back a little bit, see if you can hear me. Y'all good? Yeah, I did the setting, but you just can't hear me in the headphone. All right. All right, let me get back to rolling. All right. All right, we back. Like I said, Brian Johnson is forced to be creative. Like I said, that's what it seems to me, right? Or was it Jalen Hurts and his creativity? You know what I mean? Making everyone look good. Let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. Now the fans are coming for Nick Sirianni and all of a sudden think he isn't a good coach. I don't know about all that, but it does he does, and he will have some challenges in the future that he has to face and overcome because this team, this team has to create their identity, recreate it all over again because they are not who they used to be in the hype as uh, the hype train has kind of gone down. 
Now, you know, sometimes you have great athletes and now you might be forced to coach a little bit now. You know what I mean? But for the Arizona Cardinals, on the other hand, Arizona Cardinals, I am eager to see how the Arizona Cardinals will handle the offseason with Kyler Murray playing as well as he is, or at least, or at least well enough to get the job done. He is truly, he is truly a dynamic threat at the quarterback. But does he stay or does he go? Who they draft, who they who they get to fill in the boys to make this team great, right? But a good leader, a good leader, a good leader amongst men will have Kyler Murray mind right and plan exceptionally well and buying in to the to the team organization unlike ex-head coach Cliff Kingsbury my uh, my ex-teammate for the Patriots you know what I mean that was the the person who drafted him and brought him to the Cardinals and and that relationship you know they said things about his attitude but like I said a, le a good leader amongst men the, re the relationship with head coach John Gannon and Kyler Murray seems to be panning out well so this could be a great relationship with things to come in the future, right? Now, I'm eager to see. I'm eager to see this coming draft. And this coming draft can really make the Cardinals a contender next year. If they put, pick the right play, pick, if they pick the right players and put the right pieces in the right places, man, that team can, can be very, very, very good, you know, coming up. Because uh, Tyler Kyler Murray is very dynamic. He's a very dynamic player. You know what I mean? Now, 49ers versus the Commanders. 49ers versus the Commanders. I like the fact that Brock Purdy showed us he could bounce back and get back on track after a crazy loss. That's what championship is, is about, championship blood. You got to have it in you. He ain't fold. He ain't go back to uh, 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 Mr. Relevant playing like a seven-round pick. No, he came back, Brock Purdy playing like Brock Purdy. Right now, now as we get into these playoffs, Purdy, Brock Purdy would need to show some playmaking ability, some playmaking skills. And what I mean by that, like he did the other day with his feet running around a little bit, not saying necessarily he has to, you know, take over with his feet, but he's going to have to get out of some, some key situations with his feet. And he did that. He did it. I'm proud. I like that from Brock Purdy. He is going to continue to get better and better. He's going to collect data, and he's going to learn from his mistakes and continue to get better and better. But who will stop the 49ers and the Ravens from making it to the Super Bowl? I don't see nobody getting in their way. I don't see anyone that can stop these two teams from making it to the Super Bowl. You let me know if you think different. Tell me, because I don't see it. These two teams are playing really, really good. Now, New England and Buffalo. New England at Buffalo. Y'all talk to me in the chats what y'all want to hear. New England versus Buffalo. Just all around, just bad football. All around for New England. And still, they had a chance to win. That says a lot about the Buffalo Bills. Just all around bad football for New England, and they still had a chance to win against the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen's play has totally declined from last year to now. No matter. Who the offensive coordinator is, if it's not that Brian Dayball, Josh Allen will not be who he used to be for some reason. I don't know what it is. He seemed like he adapted to Brian Dayball and he can't adapt to anyone else, right? But Brian Dayball is the head coach for the Giants and he ain't going nowhere, right? So he, he might never get back to being the same. Now, 
Now, Belichick. Will Belichick be the head coach for the Patriots next year is the big question that's been going on. And will Mr. Kraft be a part of decision-making if Belichick stays? When we got reports and we're hearing reports of potential uh, uh, successors that can take over after he leaves, and they're talking about, you know, potentially Mayo, who's there right now, linebacker coach, our deep coordinator, and now a new name that's coming up, Josh Allen. Wow. What do you think about that? Josh Allen. Josh Allen may possibly be Belichick's successor for New England. What do y'all think about that? No, nah, man. No, 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 no. He needs to be and remain an officer, an offensive coordinator. Nothing more and nothing less. Josh McDaniels needs to remain an offensive coordinator. Nothing more and nothing less. That's where his talent lies. That's where he's talented at. He is not, he has shown he's not a leader amongst men. Josh Allen, I mean, Josh McDaniels can't get that done. Keep him at off the coordinator, guide and groom him, let him find him another Brady, and don't have him leading men. Have him over the offense, and he will be great. He's shown that. Now, if you do bring him back, Mr. Kraft, you will be bringing back the same energy as Bill Belichick. And that's a bad idea. You have to change that energy, man. That's gone. Now, all that is long gone. It's over with. But the whole funny part, the whole the, the funny part about this whole thing in the AFC East with the Buffalo Bills is they still have a chance to win. They still have a chance to win a division. And while the Miami Dolphins looked like a Super Bowl favorite earlier in the year, Buffalo Bills still have a chance to win the division right now. That's crazy. Boy, how time changes things. But I think the Buffalo Bills will win next week and beat the Miami Dolphins. And Tua will struggle again. I think he will struggle again. I'm telling you, when you have to play against competition, they know how to prepare for him and take away that speed and be physical, Tua will struggle again. But Buffalo and Josh Allen, are not where they should be as far as progressing over the years and up to this point. That's yeah, they, they continue to 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 digress and 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 decline. Yeah, that's what's happening with them. Yeah, they're definitely trending down. Barely beating Bailey Zappi after throwing after he threw three interceptions. Bailey Zappi in New England Patriots, you barely beating them after throwing three interceptions. Buffalo Bills will need more production from the offense moving forward if they want to do something in these playoffs. They need that Superman, Josh Allen, to wake up. Um, we thought he didn't need to be Superman early in the year, but he has to be Superman at this point right now if the Buffalo Bills want to do anything. Now, on some other news, did y'all see or hear about David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers? With his, in my Ryan voice, my Ryan Clark voice, <laughs> did y'all hear about that? The David Tepper situation? Man, what you think? Bill would not get fired. Vegan Barber. Oh, man, here he go, belly shit. Well, David Tepper, man, in my Ryan Clark voice, what is up with these owners and coaches behaving like they're thugs? Did y'all see that owner from Carolina? Throwing his drink on a fan. This is crazy. Like, like 
Like this money owns everybody. These owners and these people with the power, they're crazy. What is going on? Just wow, he threw it. It's crazy. He threw his drink on a fan from, from his suite. I don't know if they was having an argument, they was baiting over the game or whatever. And this guy is about to ruin a franchise, ego tripping. Since he has taken over ownership of the Carolina Panthers, he has fired his third head coach in five years and insisted on the team drafting C.J. Stroud. No, I take that back. I take that back. He has insisted on the team drafting Bryce Young, right? He insisted on the team drafting Bryce Young. When C.J. Stroud, everybody else wanted C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud is over there doing wonderful right now in the test. But David Tapper insisted that they draft Bryce Young. He making all the wrong decisions, right? Now, attending games in Carolina is no longer a popular thing when, when it comes to fans. This man is destroying this, this franchise. Empty seats everywhere on game day, if y'all haven't seen. This man has really drove this team down in, in five years. David Tepper has a lot to do with the dysfunction of the team. And it seems like it's getting worse. They talked about, uh, you know, some, some uh, situations where that it was forbidden and now he, they probably going to vote him out. So I don't know if that's going to happen or how true that is, but man, this guy is really driving down this uh, team and, and they need to make some changes because, uh, oh man, that, that just looks off, looks very disgusting. If y'all haven't seen it, the way he's acting, the way he's carrying around. And you could tell people with the money and their ego, how they act and they think their money rules everything and, and, and they're above, the law and they're above people because they're rich and man forget your money forget that junk man nobody i'm killing about that moving on though moving on sean payton we got to re revisit this sean payton because i don't think we get into the bottom of it you know what i mean i, I seen everybody want to jump jump on and tag along and, you know finally say something and get get there and get to the to the seriousness of it but but the real question is the real question is sean payton abusing his power is Sean Payton abusing his power? Now, we all know about the Russell Wilson situation, but we're not paying attention to the Kareem Jackson situation. Kareem Jackson, he was released for playing physical football. Kareem Jackson's position is safety and strong safety. In order to play this position at a high level or even be successful at this position, it takes a smaller athletic individual that isn't scared to put his body in the most vulnerable situations without thinking twice. And they're going to have to hit bigger players, stronger, faster players than themselves. That's why they, that's why the play, safety, the position is called safety. And that's exactly what Kareem Jackson did for the Denver Broncos. Kareem was a physical and emotional leader for the team, but because he was suspended for this team, for this new rule, they are trying to force on the game, which is causing every defensive player problem. That's crazy. That's just crazy. He had to be released because of being a physical player and everybody is going through the same problem. He was released from the team. I think that was totally unnecessary and abuse of power from Sean Payton. Y'all let me know what y'all think for him to cut Kareem, 
Kareem Jackson for being a physical player, not a dirty player, a physical player. Like I said, physical, the safety. You are a smaller athletic individual. Your job is to go in there and put your body in the most vulnerable situations without thinking twice because you're coming from way in the, in the, in the farthest of the, of the defensive backfield. And you got to come down and 190 pounds, 200 pounds, and try your best to, to tackle a 250, 260-pound guy without thinking twice. And because you 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 got it uh with with out, outside of the rules a little bit, like I said, that they're forcing on everyone, he is being cut and released. I think this was unnecessary. I, I really think that was unnecessary. It might be, and he seemed like a, a, a nice, humble young man. So I can't even think that he would uh, you know what I mean, would be on some ego trip, you know, over there or, or being obnoxious and having attitudes and all those good things. I think he's a great team player. So there's no reason for him to have being released. So we need to talk about that. We need to bring awareness to that. You know what I mean? Now, now for Russell Wilson, for Russell Wilson, I know it took a lot of guts for Russell to speak out. And we know that's not really his character, but I know he felt enough was enough and he decided to bring light to the situation. He felt the pressure from the outside. Also, I believe new media helps players be more confident in themselves because old media would never have put Sean Payton on blast. Like say, what's, say what needs to be said does and has and others in the new media has done. And yeah, if not for new media, the narrative would have been totally different protecting Sean Payton and all of his foolishness ways or foolish ways that's going on. It has been this way for years. We have done this. We have seen this over and over and over. But like we said, the new media, we are helping each other. We are giving each other confidence. We're sticking together. If y'all don't understand, we will call things out. We will say what needs to be said. Unlike before when I played and a lot of other players played, they controlled the narrative and they would sit up there on TV and just speak about us crazy. None of most of the guys never even played sports and they would just say the most bizarre things that you and this is before you had social media, so we couldn't even defend ourselves. But new media, we're not with that. We we are here. We are here, baby. We are here. Shout out to everybody tuning in. Like I said, man, happy new year's to everybody. I wish not everybody nothing but prosperity, love, happiness, and the fruits of your labor, baby. Now, last one, the last one of the day, I think. We got Coach Prime. We got to talk about a little Coach Prime. Coach Prime. Now, I'm wishing Coach Prime all the, all the love and success and, and everything that team deserves. I, I'm supportive of Coach Prime. If y'all don't understand, I'm just a critic. I just critique. I don't have no, no biasness towards anyone or anything. I just call what I see. You know what I mean? Now, another coach leaves Colorado coaching staff to take a job at Army. And this same coach will continue the same role as he did at Colorado, which is deep coordinator. I want to know, is this normal? Because it sure doesn't seem normal to me that all these coaches are leaving and, and some of them are leaving and coaching the same position. I don't, are, is this an upgrade? Is this really an upgrade with these coaches leaving and he the defensive coordinator left Colorado and now he's the defensive coordinator at Auburn. Is this really an upgrade or are these coaches 
saying they had enough. Enough is enough and they got to get out of there. What is going on? Because I don't see if this normal. Y'all let me know. Is this normal? Now, on the other hand, Coach Prime, I like the recruits with the uh, George Seaton and all those, uh, you know, recruits you're bringing in. You're doing great in the transfer portal. But we have to see how this thing's pan out. This is just the offseason. This is talking. It's hype. Yeah, we're going to give it that. We're going to give it that hype, that talking, and whatever it needs because we're supportive. He got the number one recruit offensive lineman in, in the nation, and he said he needs seven to eight dogs, and we know them dogs was up front. So let's see. But on the other hand, as far as coaching, like I said, we are hearing, we are hearing he is bringing in or he wants to create an NFL atmosphere for from a coaching standpoint. If y'all ain't here, he wants to create an NFL atmosphere from the coaching standpoint, which is good. You want people that can coach that have uh, very knowledgeable and has a lot of experience, right? But if y'all haven't heard some of the names that's that's coming in, I think he has to be very careful with bringing in all these all-star coaches, you know, and an all-star lineup with big egos. You heard about Warren Sapp. Warren Sapiano is a Hall of Fame pro bowler, all pro, who won Super Bowls with the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers. He's bringing him in to coach on the defensive side of the ball, coach the defensive line. And then you got Terrell Owens. He's bringing in Terrell Owens. He's uh he's coming in to coach the receivers, and you know he's uh he said he's bringing in Terrell Owens. So you know these are some big names with some big eagles. So this will be very very interesting to see how this pans out, right? But they better know. They better know how to deal with young men and understand it's not about them. Big name mean big egos. And I don't understand. I don't know. But I hope it works out for the best. You know, bringing all these uh, big name players in, the Hall of Fames and all that good stuff. Yeah, that can be good. I hope it does be good. But you got to have experience knowing how to deal with young men and coaching. And technique is the most important thing. So we'll see how they can, you know, we're going to continue to, to check in with Colorado and Coach Prime and see how everything pans out. And we hope the future does good. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, you know, that was a uh, week 17 wrap up right there. You know what I mean? We talked about the, the Sean Payton situation. That's crazy. I want to see how that's going to pan out because Kareem Jackson was released, man. And, um, and that was just very, very, very unfortunate. What else y'all got for me? Everything good? What y'all did for the New Year's? What y'all what y'all sipping on? Anybody sipping on anything? Any bubbly? I ain't doing anything. Got on the grill. Got did a little barbecuing, some ribs, good stuff. Not too much. Birthday coming up. Birthday week. What should I do for my birthday? You know what I mean? Y'all let me know. I'll be back on. Y'all make sure y'all be here to wish me a happy birthday. January 6th, the birthday. Make sure y'all tune in. It's going to be a, uh, what day my birthday fall on? I think my birthday fall on a Saturday. Um, so, yeah, maybe I could go on Friday night about 12. Y'all could wish me a happy birthday. You know what I mean? But salute everybody. Once again, happy New Year's, man. I hope everyone have a loving, prosperity, prosperity, prosperous. So a prosperous and loving happy new year's man um salute man yeah y'all got me y'all got me y'all say y'all got me january 6th 
Tune in, tune in, salute y'all. Till next time, I'm out.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.